0: The New Testament reading for today is taken from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks, Toby, for reading that. Before I begin, uh, just join me in prayer one more time. Gracious God of our fathers, sovereign Lord of mercy and grace, abounding in steadfast love never ceasing, God help us this day to know your love, and in the midst of every hardship or challenge or conflict, God be real to us by the ultimate power of your sustaining Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and make our hearts to know you through the atoning sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. God, help us to love one another. And now may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This particular passage of 1 John uh, that Tim read is probably familiar to us. God is love. I hope you've heard it. Certainly, uh, I would think that even the paganist of pagans in our Western culture has heard that God is love. And certainly our world, however bent, is rightly consumed with the idea of loving each other. But my aim today is to tightly define the idea of loving one another within the framework of John's argument. There's a lot, there's a lot in the, in the, uh, in the text, and I'm going to be moving very very quickly through it all. <laughs> I don't believe that it was uh, without consideration that this particular text was given to me. Last week, we heard uh, from Pastor John about uh, Jesus speaking with Nicodemus about being born again. And here, the apostle uh, takes up the task of offering both evidence and instruction for those being born again. Starting right away in verse seven of 1 John chapter 4, We read both the instruction and the evidence. John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, it's instruction, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, evidence. Love is from God, he says. True, upright, brotherly love is only possible should the Lord be pleased to grow that love in us for one another. The apostle is clear. This is different from the affections displayed by the world. It is bigger and grander. Indeed, this love is a picture and a promise of our heavenly future. John continues in verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. So we read where brotherly love is absent, so absent is right relationship to God through Jesus Christ. If we do not love, This is evidence that we do not know God. Matthew Henry wrote in his famous biblical commentary, if you don't have it, I suggest that you get it, about this verse, he writes, what attribute of the divine majesty so clearly shines in all the world as his communicative goodness, which is love? The wisdom, the greatness, the harmony and usefulness of the vast creation, which so fully demonstrate his being, do the, at the same time show and prove his love. In the text, John writes, because God is love. Now, we know God possesses many attributes, and none of his qualities or attributes are diminished by any of his other attributes. He is love. He is also faithful. He is love. He is also just. He is full of perfect love, and he is full of righteous wrath. We must always keep a balanced view. He's 100% of this. He's also 100% of that. Matthew Henry says more. He says his his nature and essence are love. His will and works are primarily love. Not that this is the only conception we ought to have of him. (laughs) I like his positive uh, note here. We have found that he is light as well as love. In verse 9, John writes, In this... The love of God was made manifest among us. That is, God's love was made manifest among us in that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And like I said, it's no random thing that this passage in First John was chosen for this afternoon. If you'll recall, Pastor John, last week, we heard Jesus explaining to Nicodemus and uh, John three thirteen and fourteen, that the Son of Man has descended from heaven, and that the Son of Man would be lifted up. John three, fifteen, and that whoever believes in him, whoever believes, may have eternal life. And today's in today's text, in first John, John, first John, and the Gospel of John is the same author. First John four nine, he writes, God sent his son into the world so that we might live with him. Well, last week we left off at John three fifteen. Well, allow me to take us one further, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Our text in verse 10 picks up on that idea when John writes, in this is love. In what? In this, the ultimate sacrifice of Christ for you and for you. For you and for me. This is love. But the apostle reminds us not that we have loved God. No, let it never be said. Let it never be said that God has set his love on us because he peered through the annuls of time, seeking a people who were standing and waiting, possibly with flowers in hand ready to impress the Almighty with our pious attitudes. Not at all. For love, John writes, is from God. It is from himself. He writes not that we have loved him, but that he, he loved us. He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation, big word, Propitiation, big concept. A propitiation satisfies the demands of justice. The demands of justice. Well, what does justice demand? You know, Paul wrote in Romans three twenty-four, he said, We are justified by his grace as a gift. Through what? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans three twenty three twenty-five, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood, by his blood. Justice demands our life, but that demand is satisfied in Christ, and it is received by faith. It is received by faith, and when it is received by faith, it stirs up in us love for the brethren. John writes in 4.11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now we may ask, how can we love the whole family of God? <laughs> Not like, how can we act like we love them, but how can we actually love them? Well, they're horrible. <laughs> they're all at least as terrible as I am. I love some of them. I like most of them. Yet scripture exhorts us to do this very thing, to love them, to actually. And really, genuinely, it is an evidence that we love God and that God has shown His love to us. Paul writes to the Ephesians uh, in chapter three. He said, "Be kind to one another, and tender-hearted, forgiving one another." as God in Christ forgave you. Paul does not neglect to keep Christ at the center of this Christian to Christian forgiveness and kindness. It is surely rooted in Christ's great sacrifice. We have been forgiven much, therefore we can forgive much. God has loved, so ought we to love one another. Now back to 1 John, he writes, no one has seen God, if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us. He has given us his spirit. The Holy Spirit works to perfect love in us while here on earth, yes. But ultimately, I believe, eternity is in view. Listen, verse 14. We have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses, believes with faith. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Now John has been uh, saying abide a lot here. But what does abide mean? To abide in God, for God to abide in me. Abide here uh, is to remain with or to dwell with. It is to make God our home. And it is for God to make his dwelling with us. And by this is love perfected with us. When we say with our whole heart, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. We abide with him. Abiding in God means peace with God through Christ. Peace with our brother and sister through the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, making perfect our love. And in verse 17, by this, and here I believe we have eternity in view, by this we may have confidence for the day of judgment. What a thing. What a thing. Confidence on the day of judgment is something that I need to hear often. I suspect many of us need to hear often as well. This is no self-righteous pride. This is no confidence in princes or for help on man depend. Psalm Psalm 146 says it. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Blessed is he whose hope is in the Lord. Romans 8 Paul says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit is life, has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And to stand at that great judgment seat and to stand with confidence in Jesus Christ as the payment for penalty, to stand without fear, in verse 18, John writes, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. So you see, for the child of God, no, there is no wrath. Yes, there is discipline lovingly administered for the purposes of sanctification that we might grow in love. But there is no fear. John says, whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, is John saying that we must achieve some level of perfection in order to enjoy the benefits of our union with Christ, not at all, not at all. He says earlier in the letter in chapter three, he says, what we will be then has not yet appeared, but we know that when Jesus appears, we shall be like him. It is the promise of perfected love. It is a now and not yet scenario. In Christ, we are being sanctified towards glory. In the new Jerusalem, we shall be perfected. The apostle brings us back to point in verse 19. He says, we love because he first loved us. And if anyone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, I don't hate you, Lloyd, he is a liar. Well, it sounds harsh to our fragile ears, but the logic is sound. Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord, and the second is to love your neighbor. One follows the other. And just as there is no true love for God in the hateful Christian, there is no true love for our neighbor in the hateful atheist. One follows the other. John says in verse 21, And this commandment, we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. In my studies, I was um, directed to Thomas Watson, the great 17th, 17th century English Puritan, who has this helpful and succinct list for instruction on brotherly love. Watson writes, the loving brother and sister in Christ will make every effort in resisting revenge, not returning evil for evil, wishing them well, grieving at their calamities and misfortune, praying for their welfare, seeking reconciliation so far as it depends on you, and coming to their aid in distress. Now, by no means is this list exhaustive, but it is helpful. And I would add that we should be alert to the schemes of the devil, who would wish division and strife upon us at every turn. Every interaction that we have with each other is an opportunity to become offended to misunderstand, or to repay an offense with another offense. We must be alert, and we must be quick to assume the best, and quick to forgive. Forgive one another because God has forgiven you. This forgiveness is the power by which you may show love to them. God has loved us. Let us show love to each other.